Welcome to the Way Church Podcast. The Way Church exists to love God, love others, and make disciples. You can find out more about the Way Church at thewaychurchrva.com. Now we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Good morning, church. For those of you who are guests, uh, my name is Mark Stevens. I'm part of the uh, teaching team here. And uh, before we came to Virginia, we were 22 years in Southeast Asia as missionaries. And then we've, the last three years, have been training new missionaries, sending them out. And so uh, we get to actually pray for one of those and send them out at the end of the service today. So we're excited about that. So um, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 3 today. Look at the first nine verses. This, this is one of those passages uh, that I was very glad when Josh gave me this passage, because it's one of those passages that changed my life. And so um, I hope today what you get out of this is not only that we are saved by faith, but we are sanctified by faith as well. So it's all by faith. We're in this series as we go through Galatians that it's by faith. Everything is by faith in the Christian life. Um, when we look here at uh, what we've covered so far in Galatians, we know that uh, actually Paul had planted the church there in Galatians. Things had gone really well. Amazing what the Lord had done in the first missionary journey. And then Paul uh, went back to Antioch, and while he was gone, the Judaizers show up. And they said that you're not just saved by faith, but you have to add following the law and being circumcised in order to be saved. Uh, and so that's a different gospel. That is not the true gospel. And so uh, Paul's writing back to the Galatian church to say, no, it's by faith. It's only by faith. And so, and actually, what we're going to look at today, well, it includes that everything in the Christian life is by faith. So, if, if uh, you're taking notes, entitle this message, The Righteous Live by Faith from Start to Finish. Okay? Let's read, uh, let's read the first two verses here uh, in Galatians chapter 3. You foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell on you? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Let's, just, let's have a time just to pray as we are going in uh, to talking about the Word today that the Lord will really just convict our hearts and show us His truth from His Word. Let's pray. Father, Thank you so much today that we can come and worship you. Thank you that you are truly amazing. You do amazingly more than all we could ask or imagine. And Father, as we read this today, we pray, Father, that your, that your spirit would illuminate your word. And Father, that you would convict our hearts. You would show us, Father, how to live by faith. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... First thing that we see here in Galatians chapter 3 is that it's just going back again to what we've been talking about for the last several weeks is that we are saved by faith. He actually calls them foolish Galatians. That's kind of interesting. I don't know if you walk up and walk up to a church, I wouldn't do it here, right? But just say to your church like, you're foolish. Well, that might uh, 
But that's what he said. This is the only letter, really, that we see that he gives an introduction where he doesn't praise them. It's actually, he's quite frustrated with how they've turned away from the gospel to a different gospel by adding on all these other things. So he calls them foolish, Galatians. And then he says, who has cast a spell on you? Who has bewitched you, right? And so he's like, has somebody like tried to mess with your mind and change everything here? It's been clearly portrayed that Jesus was crucified for our sins. So what's happened? And this is kind of the theme as we've been going through is it's by faith. But this is the gospel, right? We're all dead in our sin. Uh, we've been studying in our discipleship group about uh, going through several places in Ephesians. And we see in Ephesians 2, this is we are dead in our sins. We're spiritually dead. Without Christ in our life, what we have is that we're spiritually dead. We follow the ways of the world and Satan and without God in the world. And so, and we live for our own desires. And that's, that's what life is like without Jesus. We're just, we're spiritually dead. It's really without God, even if we're religious and, but we're living for our own desires. And, it, and we're by nature then objects of wrath. And that's what we've been studying about in there in Ephesians 2. And that's kind of an interesting term, objects of wrath. Um, God is holy. God created us for a relationship with him. But we sin. And God hates sin. It actually, even one sin, you know, can't come in the presence of God because he is holy. And his right response to sin is wrath. And so we, because we are all sinners, are objects of wrath. And that's not good news. <laughs> but there is some good news. Even though we lived in this state of being dead, God loves us. And he sent Jesus to die in our place. And actually, as you go through the Old Testament, God was setting up for what Jesus would do. And every time they, were, they sinned, do you remember in the Old Testament, they would have to come and bring an animal to um, the, uh, the tabernacle or the temple, and then they would have to offer a sacrifice in place of their sin. And so they put their hand on the head of the animal, confess their sin, and then symbolically the sin is transferred on the animal, and then you have to kill the animal because the wages of sin is death. Always the result of any sin is always death. And then they took the blood and put it on the altar, and then they burned the animal, symbolizing the wrath of God. And then, then the uh, priest would come out and say, your sins are forgiven. And they did this literally for thousands of years. Why? Because the point was not just killing a bunch of animals, right? The point was it was showing that there would be a way back, that sin has to be paid for, but there is a way back to God. And so that's why when Jesus then comes in the New Testament, you know, remember John the Baptist is there with him, and John the Baptist, when he sees Jesus, says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so Jesus was the Lamb of God. That animal portrayed in the Old Testament was really, animals can't take away our sin, right? But it was a picture of what Jesus would be. He would be the Lamb of God, that he would come and take away the sin of the world, that he died 
Just like that animal did in the Old Testament, he died on the cross, his blood was shed, and he died for our sin, to take away our sin, so that our sin could be forgiven, so that we could come back into relationship with God. In the, and we can't do anything about it, but only uh, God has provided a way through Jesus. And so we have to receive that by faith. And that's what actually happened in Galatia. They had received it by faith. What Jesus had done for them. But now, people are coming up and saying, oh, that's not enough. Yes, Jesus and. And they're adding all these ands. And you have to keep the law and be circumcised. But that's not the gospel. The gospel is that we receive it by faith. And what is faith? Actually, in Romans 10, uh, 9 and 10 explains it. It's actually in the end of verse 8. It says, this is the word of faith that has come to you. So this is talking about saving faith. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So we confess him as Lord. We, re- we recognize that he truly is Lord. And we confess him as Lord. But then we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And so we have to... This is one thing that I didn't understand for a long time. I I always said I believed in God. So I thought, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. But as you guys have heard before in my testimony, I was very religious. I was even preaching. And I was not saved. I was coming to church. My dad was, was a pastor also. I was at church every day. I did every activity in the church. I was preaching in front of folks. I was doing all of that, and I was not saved. Because I didn't understand the difference between believe in your head and believe in your heart. This is believe in your heart. So I, how I illustrate this is, uh, do you remember that guy who did like the walking on the tightrope across Niagara Falls? Okay, I think I've used this illustration before, but it, I'll try not to trip here on things. Um, so what he did is he put a, a, a tightrope across Niagara Falls, and then he took a wheelbarrow and he walked across the tightrope across Niagara Falls. And he gets over to the other side, and this big crowd, of course, had formed to watch him. And he's like, how many of you believe I can carry somebody back across? Well, everybody raised their hand. Yeah, yeah, we believe you. We just saw you do it. And he goes, okay, who's getting in the wheelbarrow? Well, nobody raised their hand. Well, see, they believed intellectually that he could do it. That's believe with your head. But believe with your heart is a trust, a reliance on God. And this is a man, and I don't know that we would rely on a man, but this is God, that we trust God. True saving faith is when we say, I can't do this. And that I trust that what Jesus did in dying on the cross, being buried, and rose again, took away my sin. And this is what I see a lot. Um, As I talk with people, especially when we go out in the city and we're saying, and everybody's like, oh, I'm a Christian, I go to church. But don't have a true heart relationship with Christ. They have that relationship has not been restored, but they truly have the relationship with God. So if, if, if we haven't truly trusted, because you know the Bible says that even the demons believe and tremble, right? They believe in God. They believe in Jesus. They believe all of that. They know what Jesus did in dying on the cross, but they don't trust him. 
And the difference in saving faith is that we trust that what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection is how that our sins were paid and it's how we're saved. And so I'm not relying on anything else. And this was the difference. Before, I was trying to be a good Christian. And I believed in Jesus, but I was, if you ask me why uh, will God let you into heaven, I, just, I always started with an I. I was doing this, or I do. Anytime you start with an I on why you're saved, you know you're in trouble. Right? That's, that's when you know. So if someone was to ask you, why will God let you into heaven? And if it begins with an I, then that shows you're really relying on yourself. And that's where I was. But then I truly understood what Christ had done and that I could do nothing. And now I trust only in him, what he did. And that's faith. That's saving faith. So it's by faith. There's no and. And the result is, is then that we receive the Holy Spirit. And this is really what he's talking about here in Galatians is that did you receive the Holy Spirit because of works? No, it was by faith. And so um, we are saved by faith and we receive the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit works in our life and he's the one who does everything. He's the, as we begin to learn to live by the Spirit, then, then we are able to actually change. Because before we're saved, we can try to do good things or try to be good, and, I, and then you just come to the conclusion, I can't change, right? I just can't do it. I can't change. And the thing is, is you're dead spiritually. You can't. But it's only when the Spirit works in you, then the Spirit produces all of those things, that, all the good things in our life. So we receive, by the, we receive the Holy Spirit. Then in verse 3, we're going to read verses 3 through 6, we see that we're not just saved by faith, but we finish by faith. Or all of the Christian life is lived by faith as well. So in verse 3, are you so foolish? After beginning by the Spirit, are you now finishing by the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing? If in fact it was for nothing. So then, does God give you the Spirit and work miracles among you by doing the works of the law? Or is it believing what you heard? just like Abraham who believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Okay, so again, it goes back to are you so foolish, right? So it's back to the foolish thing. So you were saved by faith. Are you so foolish now to think that you're going to go on in your Christian life, sanctification is called, where you're becoming more and more like Christ and you're going to finish by the law? That's foolish, right? To think you started in one way and now you're going to do it in something different. But we are not just saved by faith, but we are sanctified or perfected or finished by faith. And so everything in the Christian life is by faith. And actually we, we read in the passage right before this at the end of chapter 2, it, it describes the Christian life and how we're supposed to live it in Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified in Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. So how do we live the Christian life? Well, we've been crucified. When we, when we were saved, we died to the old. The old self died, was crucified with Jesus, and we have a new self. We are a new creation. 
And so in this new life, now we have the Holy Spirit, we live this new life, we live it by faith. It's Jesus actually in us, it's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus in us that's actually doing it. And so we live this life by faith. So not only are we saved by faith, but also everything. How do we change and everything that we do is by faith. Um, I want us to turn over, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit in Galatians to help us illustrate this. I want us to turn over to Galatians chapter 5. I want us to look in verse 16, because this talks, it's, we're going to get into later in Galatians talking more in depth about this, but, but this so much changed my life, because even after I was saved, I was still trying to, okay, I'm just going to try to be a good person, right? And have you ever tried to just be patient? What happens when you try to be patient? You are less patient, Right? Because, and this is going to be the illustration, is when you try in your own self by living by a law or by rules in that, the result will be this, that you, you don't do it. This is why we get Romans 7. You don't do the things that you want to do and you do, you do the things that you don't want to do, right? But if we live by the Spirit and we let the Spirit do things, then we will be able to do Everything that we want. So here, this is in Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay, even that right there. If you walk by the Spirit, you're not going to gratify your sinful desires, right? You're not going to fall into sin. If you live by the Spirit, you're not going to fall into sin. And the reason is, for the desire of the flesh is against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For those, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, provoke, provoking one another, envying one another. Okay, so here, here's the idea. If you live by the Spirit, He's the Holy Spirit in us will then produce in us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So are you struggling with self-control? So what do you need to do? Does it need to be to try to be more self-controlled? No, you surrender it to the Spirit, and then the Spirit produces in you self-control. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And so this was the concept that really helped change my life. It's when I learned about living in the Spirit. We have the Spirit. We got all the Spirit when we were saved. That was a result of being saved, we receive the Spirit of God in our life. And then He produces, as we learn to live by Him, He produces in us the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if we try to live by law or we live by our own desires, what's going to be the result? 
Well, it's going to presume all these things that were listed that were negative, like sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, even going down there like strife, anger, jealousy, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness. Anytime that you have division or rivalry happening, you know that you're not living in the spirit, right? So all of these, but if we want to overcome sin, we live by the spirit. And this is a life of faith. Um, and so this is, what happens is when something comes up, if I start to feel angry or frustrated, right? I have to say, okay, I'm, you're going to live by faith. And we, re, we surrender it to the Lord. And then he produces in us patience. Okay, I want to illustrate it for you. Um, so when, when we were living in Indonesia uh, as missionaries, we were working with a couple and their names were Jakob and Ripka. Um, so in English, I guess Jakob would be Jacob, right? So that's his name, Jacob. So Jakob and Ripka, um, they were, they'd come to faith, doing great, seemed like, but he had a real anger problem, okay? And so, so much so that they were fighting so much that finally Ripka, one night about midnight, was packing up and was leaving, and so uh, one of our uh, other missionaries actually went over to their house and was just sitting with them, was like pleading with her not to leave. And we'd been working with Jakob, trying to teach him about how to live in the Spirit. We'd actually taught it from Romans 6 through 8 about how we have to know truth and then we have faith and we surrender and then the Holy Spirit produces in us. And um, Jakob could tell it back, but he wasn't living it, Right. And so this, this kept going on. It was a real struggle, and their marriage was in real trouble. Um, and then one day, Jakob got in a car accident. Okay, now Jakob is from a people group called the Bataks. Okay, y'all know Bataks. Okay, Bataks are known for being very angry and emotional. Okay, so... And actually, where we lived, if two Botox actually got in an accident together, culturally, how you knew who was wrong was by who had the most emotion was the one who had been wronged. Okay? So typically what happened is in an accident, the two would get so emotional and it usually come to fisticuffs in the middle of the road. Okay? Well, that's crazy, Right? But it happened a lot. I used to see them going down the road and you see these guys just fighting. Uh, so Jakob's Batak. So he's driving the car down a road and this motorcycle hit him. Just came out of the back. It was actually a kid who shouldn't have been, he didn't have a license or anything, but that doesn't really matter as much there. But anyway, um, he hit him on the motorcycle. Well, Jakob said he started feeling angry. And he gets out of the car. They drive on the on the right side. Or on, you know, the driver's side is on the right side. So he gets out of the car, and he's starting to feel angry. And for some reason, at that moment, some reason meaning the Lord put it in his heart, um, he remembers our lesson about living in the Spirit. And so he said, Lord, I give this to you. He's surrendering it to the Lord. He's now living by faith, right? And he walks around the car and looks, and the guy had hit him and kind of fell in under just a little and afterwards he told me you know I 
I felt love and compassion for him, and I don't know why. And I told him, Yaakov, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. When you surrendered it to the Lord, you lived by faith. Instead of you trying to take control and trying to cause things to happen, you lived by faith. You surrendered your rights to the Lord, and the Lord began producing in you the fruit of the Spirit. And so what actually happened was when he came around, he really felt love and compassion for the guy, and they were looking at his motorcycle, and it was obvious it was the, guy, the kid's fault who hit him. Um, but as he calmed down, that, that guy calmed down also. And they started talking. He actually ended up helping a little bit to fix the guy's motorcycle, even though it wasn't his fault. It took him to this little, there's a little things on the side of the road where you can get your vehicle fixed there. And, and then in their conversation, he started sharing the gospel with the guy. And the guy invited him back to his family. And the family was very upset because the kid actually wasn't even supposed to be in the motor, riding the motorcycle. He didn't have a license or anything like that. And so they were very thankful that Jakub wasn't forcing them to pay a lot. But he got to share the gospel. This is a Muslim family. And the whole group asked to study the Bible together. And that's the kind of stuff that happens as you live by the Spirit. And, but the, the point of this is this. It's the live by faith. In every aspect of life, we're just like, Lord, I can't do this. Help me. And then as the emotions come up, you just have to keep giving it to the Lord, right? And then he produces in us the fruit of the Spirit. So not only are we saved by faith, but we are sanctified by faith in this process of being made more and more like Jesus. This is actually the same thing that happened when I was learning this was in early time when Barbara and I were married. I had a problem with anger. And um, it got to the point that we didn't know if we were going to survive, Barbara and I. And someone taught me. I found out, you know, we have to know truth in it. So uh, I had an accountability partner, a discipleship group, who was saying to me, like, because uh, I was saying, this is the words I was saying, and sorry, husbands or wives, if you've said this of your spouse, but anyway, I was saying, you know, if Barbara wouldn't do X, then I wouldn't get angry. True or not true? Well, that kind of how things would go, but in reality, what causes fights and quarrels among us? James 4, right? What, what causes, this is what it says. What causes fights and quarrels among us? Does it not come from your desires that battle within you? You want something and you don't get it. The real cause of anger is you're wanting something you're not getting. And so then you kill, cover, you do all these different things, and anger builds. And then you end up sinning, right? And so that's the cause of anger. And so in the middle of that, when it's building, you have to surrender it to the Lord. Now, there's some other things, too, on spiritual weapons that you can do, but will be another, another message another time. But all this to say is that how you overcome anger, which is one of the listed things for if you live by the flesh, is you surrender it to the Lord. And by, you live by faith, and He produces it in you. Okay, so that's... That was the big thing that happened in my life that just totally changed. And I've seen this over and over. You, no matter what you struggle with, if you struggle with drugs, 
Same process. If you sexual sins, pornography, anything like that, you have it, it, it's the same process. Like now, the one I'm working on, my my D group now has helping me with is food. Okay, I is gluttony a sin? Yeah, the Bible does say that gluttony is a sin. So I've been trying not to overeat. Okay, so uh, it's a life of faith. And I've been working. I've done well for the last two weeks. My guys are all in here. And so I've done well the last two weeks uh, of not overeating. Okay? So we all have sin in our life, right? And the, what, what Jesus is doing is he's making, conforming us to his image, to the image of Christ. We're becoming more and more like him. And how we do that is this life of faith. And every minute, actually when I was walking up here, I was like, Lord, help me. I'm preaching today. <laughs> Please help me, right? Every moment of every day, it's just talking to the Lord. Lord, I need help. I need help again. And because we can't do anything except by him. And that's what the beauty is. We can't do it. And once we realize it's wonderful, because then we just rely on him. It's this life of faith. The life we live in the body, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And so that's, that's the difference. And we have the Spirit of God who does it. So these are our spiritual resources. We have the Spirit of God. We have the Word of God to help us. And we have the people of God. And I just want to say for a, a moment how important it is to be in a D group, a discipleship group. Okay? Every one of us need help. We need the body of Christ. Because we're all believing lives in our head, right? And the body of Christ helps us. And I can tell you, in my D group right now, there are things sometimes that I think and say, and they help me. And they are not opposed to correcting, right? And so we help each other. And that's what I love about discipleship groups, the D groups, is it's not just a Bible study. And this is, this is what we emphasize. I mean, you've heard pastors say it so many times. It's not just a Bible study. We've all been part of Bible studies. This is more. This is accountability where we're really getting into each other's business. And you need that. We all need to get into each other's business, right? And help each other. And so uh, I just, I just, uh, I want you to know that just coming to church, you need the body of Christ. If you're just coming to church and you don't have that, the body where that's just really pouring into you and you into them, uh, it's, you'll end up believing so many lies in your head. And it's just so, so important. So we, it all comes down to surrender. And if we, don't, if, we, if we have lies, then we don't end up surrendering. All right. Third point. Last point here. We want to look at that the nations also are saved by faith. And this is verse 7 through 9. You know then that those who have faith, these are Abraham's sons. Now the scriptures say in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and proclaim the gospel ahead of time to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed through you. Consequently, those who have faith are blessed with Abraham who had faith. Okay, so even for the nations, how are they saved? It's by faith. Again, this is why this series is called By Faith, right? It's everything is by faith. How are the nations saved? It's by faith. Abraham was saved by faith. And anybody 
who follows the faith of Abraham, also has faith, are considered sons of Abraham. Do you all remember uh, sometimes in churches we used to have this song called Father Abraham had many sons. Remember that? I won't sing it because I'm not a great singer. So you do like right arm, right arm, left arm, all that kind of stuff, right? What in the world were we singing? Abraham was the man of faith. He was considered the father of faith. And when we have faith like Abraham, then we, we are sons of Abraham, which was something that meant something very uh, meaningful to those from Israel because they considered that they came from Abraham. And so we are Israel. We are the sons of Abraham if we have faith. But it's, it's not just for us, it's for all the nations. And this is what I saw overseas. There are no one out that can get outside the grace of God. They, you haven't sinned in such a way that you can, that God won't be willing to save you. Some of you know our story of when we were overseas as missionaries, we were in a bombing. And our, our, my supervisor mentor was killed in, the, in a terrorist bombing. And the redhead in the back, Nathan, almost died in that terrorist bombing. Uh, he still has a lot of shrapnel from that inside of him. But those bombers, does that mean that they can't get saved? No. The Lord, in His grace, allowed me to actually... Uh, meet the guy who financed the bombing. And that guy came to faith in Christ. There's nobody outside the love of Christ. There's nothing you have done that God can't save you from. Not only him, but there were 17 from that terrorist cell that came to faith. So I don't know what it is in your life, but there's nothing that you have done it's going to keep you from the love of God. He wants you to be saved. You can think of the worst of the worst things you could do, and God loves you, and He wants to save you. But you have to receive it, what He's done for you by faith. And, that, and that's what He asked for us to do. I have seen from Muslim terrorists to the Lord blessed us in being able to talk with one of the top scientists in Russia. And he came to faith. He was an atheist, hardened, didn't believe in God, all that kind of thing. And he came to faith in Christ. And there's nobody outside the grace of God. If you will just turn and receive what he's done by faith. So we... We live by faith from start to finish. We're saved by faith, we're sanctified by faith, and how everyone, including all the nations, come is by faith. The result in is that God is the one who's glorified. Because what, what the real thing is, what we see out throughout all Scripture, is that God always does it in a way that He's the one who gets glory. It's not us. We can't do it because we're proud of what we did or anything like that. God gets the glory. But this living by faith is what changed my life. I was saved by faith. 
But also, everything and every second, I'm living by faith now. That's the only way to live. And that's how God changes us, is by faith. So we're going to, the band is going to go ahead and come back up. And we're going to have a time to respond. And I, I don't know where you are in your life right now and what you're experiencing. But if you have never placed your faith in Jesus, maybe you're just thinking, I, I am who I am, and you're living in your own desires and feelings. You need to be saved by faith. The Bible says how we do that is we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead. And we're saved. So maybe you need to respond that way today. Maybe you need to respond of, for the first time in your life, turning to Jesus. And you can live it, you can stay in church and come to church all the time, but that doesn't save you. You can be in all kinds of Bible studies, and that doesn't save you. It's only when we truly trust what God did through Jesus dying on the cross to take away our sin that we are truly saved. So if you haven't done that, that's first. But then I don't know what you're dealing with in your own life. But live by faith. And we want you, yeah. And we're going to have a time of response here. We're going to have a prayer team over on the side. If you're just struggling with something, you need somebody to pray with you, come over and talk with us in the prayer team. We would love to talk with you. But maybe you just need to grab somebody who's beside you and pray. Or maybe you just need to sit there in, the, in, in your chair and just pray. I don't know what the Lord will have you do and how you respond, but maybe it's just worship Him. And that's where we have the, the band's going to lead us in worship. So whatever it is that the Lord would have you to do in response today, I just want you to respond to the Lord. Live by faith. And so we're going to sing. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing. And I want you to respond. However the Lord is putting on your heart to respond, I want you to respond. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for how you work in our lives. Father, we can't do it. We, not only can we not save ourselves, we can't live this Christian life. And so thank you that you give us your spirit so that we can change. I pray, Father, for everyone here, Father, that you would just in their heart be convicting them and show them how to respond. And Father, we just want to worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Way Church Podcast. If you would like prayer or if you'd like to talk to someone about a personal relationship with Jesus, please contact us through our website at thewaychurchrva.com.